You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is On Principle, Challenges in Jewish Education. I'm here with Rabbi John Crow, the uh, principal of Salanter, Akiva, Riverdale, SAR. John, um, we've talked about this, I think, last year that uh, you guys are now off because SAR gives its uh, first break uh, right in time for the holidays. Um, so as everybody else was trying to make it out of New York in time to have a Christmas Eve at home, the SAR teachers as well were packing up their stuff and getting ready for a well-earned vacation, right? Indeed, that is the case. Yeah. So it, not that SAR has to struggle with it more than any other school, but I think especially a school that is not as, let's say, insulated as uh, some of the schools we've talked about, the Haredi high schools and, and elementary schools, where despite you know the knowledge that this is the Christmas season, despite the knowledge that uh, what's going on out there, I think they have an easier time um, putting their head in the sand or not registering. And even more than that, even being uh, dismissive and negative towards anything that's happening in the Christian world, that's not our world, Right. Um, I think when you have a school that, you know, pushes the grand conversation, and especially a school that has a, 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 a number of very qualified Gentile teachers that aren't just people that come in in the afternoon, like after they've taught in public school, like to get a couple hours in and then run like hell to the, to the door after they're finished, like it is in many of the Brooklyn high schools, you actually have many teachers on staff, many Christians on staff that are beloved members of the faculty uh, for many years. So let's start there. First of all, you know, it's obviously, uh, you know, uh, it's Christmas time, Christianity, what it stands for is, 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 is being uh, promoted. What do you, what do you guys do with that? Do you, Um, you I'll say this, I actually very happy with the way things work out. I think in general, I find that there's, um, you know, an environment where you don't have much exposure to non-Jewish teachers, it's much more easy to dismiss the, the Goyim as totally other and have no respect and a complete bittle of, of people who are not Jewish. And I think it leads to very bad midos. I certainly see this in a lot of my you know, uh, people I know who live in a little more insulated community, and it always rubs me the wrong way. I do find that the kids in our school have, uh, you know, I think uh, there's, there's, there's no sense of like assimilation toward or, or, or like moving towards, you know, Christianity. I think there's a healthier respect for people, even if they're not like, you know, even if they're not from Jews. Which I, have not, which I think is a good thing. Right, 100%. Uh, obviously, good citizenship means respecting the other person. I guess my question is, we know the line of demarcation is very strong between us and, 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 and the Christian world. The rejection of Jesus as Messiah, the rejection of belief as opposed to actual mitzvahs that need to be uh, accomplished. Yeah. I actually, so I love, I actually, I try to, in a lot of my classes I teach, I, you know, kind of emphasizing that second piece that you just mentioned as a point of pride. I think a lot of times, actually, it's interesting to point, you put it like that with those two kind of 
principal um, differences between Christianity and Judaism. I think that often our students think of, you know, the, what Judaism is the base, the, the point which they disagree with Christianity is whether Jesus was Messiah or not. And sometimes I think students find it um, kind of, you know, they're just unaware of the extent to which Christianity was very much, and certainly in its founding and the way it's practiced now, about the reject, you know, antinomian, you know, rejection of halacha as uh, as binding anymore. And I find that when talking about that with, it's interesting when I talk about it with kids, I find that a a a, a, a an effective tool to kind of create greater pride in shmirat hamitzvot and halacha. It's like, oh, that's that's like a uniquely Jewish thing that you feel a little more pride about once you realize it's a demarcation point between us and and uh, and Christians. So, for example, in your history courses, um, when you teach the rise of Christianity as a religion, do you think it's taught different in SAR than it would be in, uh, let's say, another private high school in New York? Does you know? Does the teacher, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah. So ultimately, it is because you know you don't have the because it's also in response to the kids who are in the class. I and mean, the kids in the class, you know, you know have understand like realize that you're learning Gemara and you know that Christianity is beginning at the time of Chazal. Kids will automatically have the questions about you know what were Chazal thinking about at this and how do you know, uh, how, how are they reacting to, you know, rabble rousers within the Jewish community pulling, you know, kind of uh, starting essentially became, became a new religion. So yeah, the teachers do teach it differently um, than, they, than they're going to teach it, I think, in a, in a, in a private school. And, and, and therefore, there's going to be the type of understanding that this was a challenge and this was something that we needed to deal with, but also how, how we are different uh, in our belief and yeah. in what we consider significant. Um, do, you, do you find that when you teach the, the origins of Christianity, you know, it's easy to speak theoretically and talk about how they were different and what the original Christians wanted. But how about when you're teaching the uh, very ugly period of Christian persecution of Jews? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, you know, it, it could be in today and even in the public schools, they don't mind blasting, you know, the early Christian church for being brutal and ugly and terrible because there's probably a, a, a backlash against, you know, you know, the hegemony of religion in general. But let's say in an SAR school, especially when we were so much the victims, like in the Crusades and other things, um, do, do you find that that in your school um, that you have to sort of emphasize you know, the pain and suffering the Jews had at the hands of the Christians? I think it's, yeah, I, th- I do think when I talk about with kids, I do think it's like, do you find that even what's what I grew up with, which was like, let's say, you know, uh, grandparents or certainly older people when I was younger, who Jewish people had a, you know, a real visceral kind of like a rea- negative reaction to Christianity, you'd see, you'd, you'd see a cross would be a very threatening sort of thing. And this is a, a world that's completely foreign to our students, completely foreign to our students. They don't know what you're talking about. In other words, they see, you know, the, the, to, to our students, you know, kind of like it's, it's a flip of what the Middle Ages were like, whereas 
you know, in the Middle Ages, you know, generally, and it depends where you were living, but generally, you know, you have the image of the golden age of Spain and like with Islamic, uh, you know, um, kind of close connections with, with, with intellectual Jews, et cetera, and Christianity, you think of, you know, being kind of crusades and expulsions and all that sort of stuff. I think our students kind of experience it in the opposite way. They experience Christianity as being a lot of evangelical pro-Israel Jews and Islam as being, um, you know, kind of like a source of threat. And so it's actually, it actually helps in a way, as you say, to explain why their grandparents are yes. so anti-Christian, but also it, it it balances the record for them to understand, hey, it wasn't always so touchy-feely the way it is now. Yeah, um, yeah and, I do that. And I also, I also, um, you know, we, we kind of like when, when, you know, when I, when I talk about this with the kids, we'll look at, you know, also kind of look at historical documents. They'll kind of explain, if you look at, you know, Vatican, Vatican II, it's like, you know, it's important to kind of get a sense as to what changed post-Holocaust and why were, you know, what, why did Christians begin apologizing to Jews for, for so, what so, so John, now let's say, yeah, so it would probably be easier based on what you're saying yeah. uh, that your history teacher, you'd probably rather the history teacher be a Jewish person than a non-Jewish yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Is, we, yeah, yeah. And so what we happen to set it up in school um, that all of our history teachers um, are, are happen to be Jewish because it, we integrate Jewish history along with, you know, uh, world history and find it's necessary to do it, to do it like that. It wasn't always like that, SAR, but that's the way, that's the way it is now. Um, and uh, this, the, the teachers are all like, you know, uh, either coming from, you know, from backgrounds or, you know, knowledge, Jewish, not Jewishly knowledgeable backgrounds who can talk about this in, you know, kind of an intelligent way. Right. And I think this this connects to something we had a conversation about perhaps on an earlier on principal program, which is um, the fact that in some ways, SAR has the ability to dissipate the line between the quote unquote secular teachers and the Torah teachers. Because if you're teach if, if Jewish history is history, meaning world history, and especially how our people have been affected by it, so then you have Tanakh. So the person who's going to be teaching uh, history, Shulchore, um, know the Psukim and Tanakh that at least need to be a touchstone for a uh, historical basis. So, yeah. so you could probably I'd say this. I think that, yeah, I, I, your point's well taken. I think that I like to, you know, ideally, I think that the, uh, the teachers who are tasked with teaching Gemara, Tanakh, being uh, religious, see themselves as more naturally being religious role models for, for, for the students in the school. But undoubtedly, many of our students, and intentionally, and, and I'm proudly, I'm proud of the fact that many of our students see some of their, you know, kind of like their general studies teachers as being religious role models. People inspire them. People they talk to about uh you know, their religious lives and look at them as, uh, you know, confidants and people who can advise them. I don't no, like, no. feel good about that. No, no, no definitely. The, to have a layman who is a clearly layman, but someone that is uh, someone that you can uh, love and respect and emulate is great. What I'm saying, John, is that if you really want to go full throttle and use Chazal 
to build the historical uh, bridge work and to use and to bring not just you know what it says in you know in 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 the in the textbook that they have but to really integrate it you need to be a, a gans fine alum then you know the famous joke yeah. of the marshal where he was asked the seder adiros and because people wanted to know who was the Rebbe of who, who was the Talmud of who, he says, look, I, I never went to school for it. I never had a Rebbe. He says, but if you if you lig in learning, if you are a complete person within the the wealth of knowledge that's in the Talmud itself, you'll be able to construct many of the historical points because you're a Bucky. So that's all I'm saying is that it would yeah. be, it would, you know, and again, you're right. You, uh, you, you have other places in science and math and some other people will be more. You, some people, like I said, some of our teachers will be, you know, kind of more naturally able to play that role than others. But yeah, I think I, you know, you're right that certainly when you want to bring in the kind of the connections to uh, where world history overlaps with Jewish history and what's going on in those times, yeah, it would certainly be helpful to be, you know, very well versed in in, in, in Chazal for sure. You know, you know, you know, John, you know that for a while. Uh, I was the Mashkiach Ruchani of the Baron Academy in Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, they went to the uh, state finals, as you know, and refused to play on Shabbos. And it was a great Kiddush Hashem. Now, even before they became the basketball uh, challengers for the championship and the Makache Shem Shamayim, they were already playing in a league which was full of Christians, right? They played regularly basketball. Uh, and, and because remember, as a parochial school, you know, they, they couldn't play in the big high schools that the NBA is knocking on that door. Right. I mean, basically. Right. right. So the parochial schools, although you never know, you always have a freak type of player. But generally. So what I'm saying is Baron and other schools that I've been connected with, there was a natural connection to Christians, not just, you know, my dad's boss. Christians, boys and girls that the teams played against and they interacted with them together and they were actually able to 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 use those games to see it as almost an odyssey to understand people from Mm. a different perspective. Now, in SAR, the league is all other yeshiva boys, right? That's the yeshiva boys league. What I'm saying is it it doesn't seem to be a lot of interaction school wise to other religious Christian children. Um, and, and therefore, I, I wonder, let's, let's put history to the side. The Christians of today, which is really who we're talking about, um, is there any you know, discussion of how we interact with, with the Christians that are around on the street, other than the respect that you have to have their adherence to yeah. everyone? Okay, a couple of things. First of all, um, my, my experience, you know, I also grew up out of town in Chicago. My experience in my growing up in Chicago, I had a crown basketball, playing basketball, the, the uh, Christian schools on their basketball teams, but I never felt a sense of like, kind of like ecumenical uh, cooperation. It was usually we were getting uh, kind of like anti-Semitic slurs thrown at us and there were fights that would take place. And you felt not like you were uh, kind of encountering the other in a way that you were bringing greater like love and happiness and harmony. It really felt like you know, you, you got a sense of like Jewish pride standing up for the Jewish people against these enemies who were trying to like blot you out. Um, especially since like, they especially since they were usually a couple of inches taller and a lot more body muscle than than you guys had. Yeah, it's okay. I'd like to, I think that we can the Jewish kids kept up though. Was, uh, you know, we weren't playing the biggest schools in the country. You're playing uh, in the state. You're playing the schools that are similar size, but it definitely. Uh, 
you know, I felt, I felt like it was a, uh, it, there was not the kind of thing that created any kind of uh, positive vibes, it created a sense of Jewish pride, though. Um, and you felt like you represented the Jewish people each time you played a game. You're right, in the Shiva League, you don't play any um, schools that are not Jewish. You do play all the kids, you know, from camp. And that's like, you know, the the most, you know, the kids from Riverdale go out to the five towns. That's like, you know, <laughs> kind of right. like, you know, you, you're going to, uh, that's the most like, you know, foreign you're going to get. But, you know, I, I'll tell you, there's, I'm not all that interested in creating at this point in our lives, um, kind of social interaction and, you know, opportunities for, um, you know, deep social connection with our kids with non-Jewish kids, to be honest. Like, I feel like I'm like trying my hardest to get these kids with their social anxieties to manage life on their own with the people in their school. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a high priority for me to get these kids to get to be friendly and nice with, uh, you know, kind of local youth to be in, you know, who are not Jewish. I do think there's, a, we have some programs in school in which we have try to like, you know, have kids work with each other and from other, from other schools, um, kind of like to create some kind of connections, but I, I don't know. And that's not, it's not really a priority for me. Yeah. Well, I, I understand, John, and you keep on, you know, you, you mentioned, and I'm not going to make it too personal, but look, first of all, let me just analyze this for a second. You know, you were, when you were in high school, your memories of it, that's, that's a long time ago. Um, and mm-hmm. the other aspect is that in sports, you know, trash talking is always part of sports. And, um, you know, many times the jocks aren't necessarily the most uh, pleasant people to hang out with especially when they have their game face on so uh, you know the fact that uh you know you, you want to get every advantage you can um you know, that, that might be part of it but isn't it the reality that they're going to meet christian people at, at work they're going to have holiday parties they're going to have a lot of interaction with them it would seem that the same way like again as i started our conversation i understand it's one thing if you're in lakewood or uh, or in, in in Marine Park in Brooklyn, but I would you know it would seem to me that this would be a, a a an interesting challenge, and especially if it could be part of you know a, 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 a structured by both schools, you know could you could you imagine? I mean I've talked to you in the past about you guys going over to uh, Tells Riverdale, which is the best yeshiva in America, like the top yeshiva in america remember i've talked to you about that how incredible that would be now i'm sort of like playing you know uh, you know the the minister's advocate here and going the other way you know what about you know a a, a parochial school i mean i i think the the well, i'll the, tell you again our, my, to uh, me it would be our chavas hadas yeah i think it's an, i do think that that i i do think that's an interesting thing i mean i did i did that um i did that when i was in florida yeah, a very interesting thing we did. Um, I would I I'd, I brought for a couple times uh, with our seniors. We had like a uh, kind of like an encounter sort of program. We we brought there was a uh, you know there was a um, an Episcopalian school in Boca um, called uh, St Andrews, and I, this was this was in the aftermath of it was interesting in the aftermath of the Parkland shooting. Uh-huh. I I. Uh, 
I reached out to the uh, head minister, one, one of the ministers at St. Andrew's School, which is a, school in, a Christian school in Boca, introduced myself. I said, let's meet for coffee. I feel like, you know, it's like at this point, there's awful thing happened on at this uh, shooting at the school, like five, 10 minutes from where we both were, where our schools were. Um, you know, I said, and that school, of course, was a public school. The Stoneman, Stoneman, yeah, Stoneman Douglas, yeah. Stoneman Douglas was a public school. That was a public school. But you, but you felt, felt that you wanted to release our, all of our kids, new kids there. Yeah, sure. it, was, it was a it was close enough that it had, that you felt it strongly in our in our school. Um, and I remember I called up the the minister and I introduced myself on the phone. I said, "How you doing? Let's meet for coffee." I uh, it would be a shame. I was thinking if, if there was tragedy, I'm sure you'd reach out to me and I'd reach out to you. Let's not wait for tragedy. Let's become friends and uh, see what we can do even before tragedy. So he was a great guy, really sweet guy, really respectful. And we did a program where I brought a group of his seniors into our school down there and um, had our kids talk about what it was like to be from. And it was interesting. Our kids were so much more from as Jews and these guys were as Christians, they were like, you know, we got, we got to church once a week. And like, it was, it was interesting to see, um, you know, the, how they interacted with each other. And it made, you know, it, it definitely made our students, it was an interesting event. And now that you're asking me to reflect on it, I actually think you know, maybe I got to try to figure out how to make that happen here. Because one of the things that it caused our kids to do when you're kind of put in a position to explain what you believe in to somebody who doesn't it all live in your world, it causes you to be a little more proud of what you believe in. And there's something that you take for granted that you stop taking for granted when you're interacting with somebody who has, who is respectful of you and, you know, just very uh, different. And you're, now that right. I'm thinking you, about you it. You become ambassadors. Look, you know. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it's inter- an interesting way you say it. I get, there's something that is, um, you know, almost more it's it's easier to pull off in a certain way even though you get a little more flack perhaps ta- doing the program like this with with um with a non-jewish school than doing it with uh let's say a non-orthodox school but to be honest when you're doing something like this with a you know with a non-orthodox school everyone's getting defensive about who you know and there's right like, well because well, because you're battling over the same territory yeah. the but conservative talking, a conservatives will say you know these, these are yeah. extremists and you're going to say no you're misinterpreting the torah yeah over it's, here it's, you you realize easier, yeah, yeah. It's and, and easier it, 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 like there's a you like remove that sort of tension nobody's trying to uh you know proselytize here no one's everyone just want to talk to each other about what you believe in and it makes it a little bit more it's little it's it is it's less threatening in a certain way and um yeah i think it's actually a good idea Thanks yeah, yeah you see and it didn't cost you anything the yeah, other thing i yeah the other thing i would say is that you could actually have two iterations of that idea mm-hmm. one is to go to a school that is a parochial school that has boys and girls and the other a religious school which actually has separate sexes yeah, sure. and and i think that that would also bring up something which i know is at the heart of part of SARs and many schools like SARs, um, Razan Etra, which is we specifically want to have boys and girls together and to see how does that work out in, yeah. in, in, in Christian schools. You have Christian schools, hmm, you have, because, right, yeah, you know, it, you know is it, does it really yeah. work when you separate boys and girls? Do the, are the boys just basically going nuts 
waiting to see where the girls are. So this is, yeah. I, I think, I, I think it's, 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 it's a way, John, as you realize to come back to yourself by exploring the other, exploring the other actually forces you to, to really be more in tune of who you are. And I think that is something that uh, in many ways allows our involvement with Christianity to perhaps to become something that isn't just the other that's threatening that we'd rather we'd like to run away from because we won't be able to. I mean, till yeah. I'd, I'd be might be something. Yeah. So tell me, the um, do you advise uh, the, uh, the the kids to wish a Merry Christmas to the to the to the teachers? Or are they supposed to say, do you tell them? make sure to say happy holidays what do you I do? don't I, I don't say anything about that I, I it's like I, I don't even I don't I don't want to sound like a uh I hope I don't sound like an apicotus here where nobody uh nobody um gets angry at me for saying this I feel like when I when I see some is it is it us to say like yeah, have a have a great Christmas Merry Christmas somebody is that, is that an answer you're asking me from a halachic perspective, That's from a halachic perspective. okay so there, there are people who don't want to use the word Christ at all Mm-hmm. There are especially uh, Hasidim, Kubalim, um, you know, they, they believe using that term is like giving because they see Christianity as a Zara. So using yeah. the word Christmas, which is basically indicating that that he's Mashiach, right? Christos is the anointed one. Yeah. So if you say, I, you know, I feel like I, I, I use I it all the time. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm shtuching them if I say happy holidays. I refuse to. Like you know, give any you know, credence to who you are. Um, I I don't like saying well, well, well you know I've that, said, that, that I've that, said that, Merry Christmas to, to like people I think would appreciate it. That I you know I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel a little guilty afterwards. I feel I don't feel great <laughs> about it, but I don't feel you know great the other way either. So, well, Happy Holidays I think was 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 one of the things that uh, Ted Cruz and there were other senators. Uh, maybe it was uh, Ron Paul. That we're fighting against. They they felt that Happy Holidays took you know the 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 Jesus out of Christmas, the Christ out of Christmas, um, and they thought that was like uh, you know too much kowtowing to uh, political correctness, religious correctness, mm-hmm. um, and the holiday Christmas party becomes the holiday party. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, like you say, it's hard being the Jew you are to feel comfortable in either way. But I was just wondering about the kids who don't have our, again, like you say, John, you know, you're the product of, 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 of your age, the SAR kids that are in this new woke era of, of acceptance, maybe they don't have that type of juka, you know, to say. Yeah, I don't know. I truly, it's say, a very interesting thing. I, I, I think that our kids are, you know, even though there's a certain accept, acceptance, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure, but my impression is that um, our kids would not say Merry Christmas. They'd feel like it's, they would think that there's some kind of like real Isra Vodazara and saying it and be much more Makpit on that than they might be on like, you know, uh, you know, uh, the deal races. Uh-huh, right. It, uh, which is interesting how it still has gone into the third generation. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, I probably would say, you know, just to end this, that mm-hmm. many of the people like yourself who are, you know, uncomfortable saying Merry Christmas, probably don't have such a hard time, you know, in the in the quiet of their room, you know, watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special or uh, some of, of the, the Christmas uh, classics. 
it's a wonderful life. Come on, yes, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's funny, like we, you know, to, to outside say Merry Christmas is one thing, but yes, yes. but but there was a great thing. Did you see? Did you see this thing that was going around the, uh, you know, Twitter uh, a week ago? Uh, there was like I don't know where it was some group of some like Hasidish uh, gathering somewhere, and there was like a mariachi band playing, and the mariachi was, was singing like you know. Mar- Feliz Navidad. Right. And they had all these Hasidim know what they're singing. <laughs> they didn't know what Feliz Navidad yeah. meant. <laughs> they're, singing, they're dancing with them, singing Feliz Navidad. It was great. <laughs> Jose Feliciano. I have to say one thing, though, as, as uh, to each other as we as we end the night. We talk about, you know, these Christmas programs that, um, that we have a guilty pleasure enjoying because they aren't really super religious. They're more feel-good. But yeah, the, it seems one great. Of, what a lovely, I'll what a tell lovely you, time of year. I got I'm not no it's like beautiful, good stuff. I, yeah, right. Yeah, it's in your head, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open yeah. fire. I want to end though with something that we both now I think should share together, which is of course the um the nineteen sixty-six Chuck Jones spectacularly done a version of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch stole christmas mm-hmm. with boris karloff and what the reason why i love it so much is because the cartoon made a great character out of the dog do you remember do you remember do you remember the grinch's dog max uh, the dog Max the dog yes max he has max. a dog right like, in other words the grinch is this terribly evil person he wants to destroy christmas from the who's yes. right 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 you know like there's this there's this subatomic planet called who the who's right because they live remember they're so tiny you have yes. to have an elephant's ears to hear but on this little tiny subatomic subatomic world there is christmas there and they also believe in a, a type of jesus and there is a grinch person who can't stand it and he's going to teach them all a lesson as you know but yes. as he decides he's going to like pretend he's santa claus and steal all the presents he does it without a reindeer he does it with a next, little dog max is the reindeer yes he does a little dog right little max the dog and he's talking to his dog and his dog is like watching what's going on and and like the dog is you is the P.O. In other words, you have this immensely evil person, of course, is going to become a tzaddik at the end, but you have this yeah. immensely evil person, but he's there, you know, talking to his dog and mentioning how his dog is what he's doing. What, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, these programs, they, they give us an entrance way and an entrance way to sort of like siphon the positive thing of a person's heart growing three sizes that that you know it's not bad that the goyim are out there mm. trying to discover the the essence of a spirituality and they're becoming better people and that spirit is beautiful whether you yes. say merry christmas or not that spirit yes. i think is a positive thing for us I to agree. understand i think it's beautiful all, all right feliz navidad to you buddy check <laughs> out on the other side bye-bye Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.